Everybody, welcome back to Han Talks First, the Star Wars podcast where we talk about everything going on in Star Wars, the latest and greatest. We got a great show for you today. It's episode 90 of Han Talks First. We are 10 episodes away from episode 100, a special episode that you're not going to want to miss. So if you're new here, be sure to follow or subscribe to the channel so you can stay updated and get all the Star Wars info you need when it comes out. There is one prerequisite for this show. If you are watching, you must be a lover of Star Wars. If you're not, it's okay. Maybe watching this show will introduce you to this new world, and maybe you'll find a love through Han Talks first. And if you do, that's really cool, and I really love that. But we welcome everybody here, and I'm so glad you're joining us today on Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, and that this is a great start off to your week. I want to remind everybody that there's this new series I'm doing on Han Talks first that is all, it's a documentary series where I cover the making of all the Star Wars movies. So far, there has been the making of A New Hope, the making of Empire Strikes Back, and this week on the podcast, this Wednesday, will be the making of Return of the Jedi. So we're starting with the original trilogy, then we're going to go to the prequels, and finally end off with the sequels. Now, with this certain series, with the cover of the original trilogy, you can watch the videos on YouTube. The Empire Strikes Back one comes out tomorrow at 9 a.m., so come by, check that out. But on the podcast, they are all available right now. So go and check those out if you are interested. I put a lot of work into those videos, and I'm really happy with how they turned out. Next week, to finish our original trilogy series covering the making of, we are having a special guest who I'm not announcing at this time, but we are bringing in a professional Hollywood screenwriter to tell us a little bit more about the process of screenwriting and how things have changed and what the process is like. And we're getting that told to us from a screenwriter's point of view. So I'm really excited about that. I will be making the announcement really soon, but it's something to look forward to. Now, I said today's a special show today because I am actually joined by some guests. And before I get into that, I want to make sure everyone knows that we have shows every Monday and Wednesday here on the podcast Monday is the live stream, which we do right here on the YouTube channel. If you're watching live, welcome. It's so nice to have you. This is a pre-recorded episode due to some scheduling conflicts. So if you're watching now, we're actually not live, but I will be in the chat board. So if you want to join in, go right ahead. I will be there and I can respond to you in the chat. So you're welcome to do that as well. And then every Friday at noon is the WandaVision after show here on Han Talks First. Me and my co-host, my lovely little girlfriend, talk about WandaVision and all the great things happening there. So now that we got that out of the way, I'm going to talk about our guests who are here today. So I am joined by First Galactic Podcast, and they are just two guys trying to make their way through the universe. I'm joined by Nate and Noah. Now, the First Galactic Podcast is a new Star Wars show. You can find them on Spotify, Apple, etc. I'll leave the links 
down in the description of this episode. Now, they've only done a few episodes, so they're new, new. And so I'm really excited that they're here today and we can chat Star Wars with them. So it's always fun to meet new podcasters and to hear new shows because there's always great things to talk about. They've shown much support for me and the Han Talks First channel, so I thought we would welcome them here today so that we can talk about Star Wars. And now here is Nate and Noah of the First Galactic Podcast. How's it going, guys? Uh, it's going great. I was, I was great intro. I loved everything that you guys were talking about and what you've got going on. Um, I'm Nate, by the way. And I'm Noah. I appreciate the kind words in the intro. Yeah. Of course. And let's get to know you guys a little bit better for our listeners out there who may not have heard of First Galactic Podcast. What? So <laughs> first, I want to know what made you guys want to start a podcast and where the name came from and why you chose the subject of Star Wars. What does Star Wars mean to you? Let's hear it. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we just talked to one of our friends the other day about this uh, and why we came up with a name, how we did it. It was a big process for us. We probably had five, six iterations of the name and what we were going to do. We had one that we thought was fantastic. And then lo and behold, we found out it was already somebody else's podcast. And somehow we missed it the first time when we searched. Uh, But I think just a brief intro of us. I'm a real estate agent. I love Star Wars. I've always liked it. I've always watched in the background. I always thought it was amazing. My very first time ever really feeling like I was like a big Star Wars nerd was just watching uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like I think everybody, at least in the age range of 20 to 25, probably 26, 27, Revenge of the Sith was like the big thing for us as, as children. And it was a big part of my childhood. And I remember watching that and be like, I'm blown away. This is the coolest thing in the world. And always having this fascination with Star Wars because of that. And I just think meeting Noah and seeing his also (laughs) excitement about not only Star Wars, but Lord of the Rings, uh, just all of those types of things that are like the fantasy sci-fi almost. uh, I think we both kind of get along with it and it was something we both care about. And so we wanted to talk about it and bring our ideas, bring our thoughts, bring our feelings on on really how Star Wars affects not only your just imagination, but there's a lot of good stories in there and things that really get your feelings and they're deeper stories. And we want to pull those out of Star Wars. Yeah. And so, of course, I'll echo all of that. Um, starting with the name, man, I came up with this super cool name, which I'm not going to share because it's actually someone else's podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, we we basically just went and and looked up Star Wars quotes and we're like, okay, what can we do? How can we, you know, use a, a quote, you know, for galactic empire and, and turn it into a podcast. So um, why we chose podcasting, you know, honestly, I just think it's kind of fun. You know, I've mm-hmm. never been one for, mm-hmm. for cameras. I'm not into, I'm not trying to be an actor or anything, but um, I thought it would be a good medium to get our message out there. And our message is yes, Star Wars is, very cool. Um, we're the same age, so we grew up with Revenge of the Sith. But um, on the deeper side, and this is where my background is, and my background's in psychology, I'm in uh, graduate school right now, we wanted to really talk about the meanings and the lessons behind Star Wars. So lightsaber's fantastic. Using the Force, all this stuff is so cool, but when we get down to the deeper parts of what Star Wars is about, we figure out why we like those things. Um, so combined with our Star Wars knowledge and our our nerdiness and um the fact that we actually live together we're roommates so it it makes it easy to have a podcast like this that's all great stuff i always love hearing people's stories and why they start 
whether mm-hmm. it's podcast or some kind of therapeutic outlet for their passions. That's mm-hmm. kind of how mm-hmm. I started doing the podcast. Yeah. I I listened to hundreds of podcasts all the time, and it, it wasn't just Star Wars. I listened to like self help ones. Sure. I listened to this one. I think it was called. Uh, Sh- shit day shits something <laughs> shit town that's what it was shit town okay so there's swearing allowed on this podcast great good to know <laughs> and it was this it was like a crime thriller but it was based on real events it was really fascinating and it was filled with interviews it's only a seven episode thing but if anyone listening wants to check that out it's very entertaining mm-hmm. yeah i started this as kind of like a therapeutic way to like talk yeah. about star wars because i actually don't have many friends who love talking Star Wars or even like Star Wars at all. Yeah. So this was kind of my way to build my own community and, you know, talk to people that way. And it's working. I met you guys. I'm curious, yeah. how did you, how did you find Han Talks first? Well, shout out to our guy. Here's a free plug for him on Instagram, Star Wars community. Um, he followed us. He was one of our first, I don't know, 50 followers. And he reached out to us and he's like, Oh, you guys have a podcast. And we're like, Oh, we're releasing the first episode, you know, later this week. And, he says, oh, I, I've got this other friend who's got a podcast. And we're like, oh, no way. And he tells us to go follow you. And and um, we thought you guys were like close buddies. But it, but it was kind of cool about it is that it's part of that community that you were talking about. And that's the best part about this is, you know, we're in Instagram groups of people trying to share their work and whatever. And, and we almost sound like the voice of reason where we're like, hey, we're trying to be a community here. Like, let's lift each other up. You know, no one talk crap about someone's post or, or whatever. So that's how we found you. And that's how we've uh, grown our community. And, and I mean, our, all three of us are our community here. That's a good way to look at it. You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because when I, I started this show about two years ago, maybe two and a, two years, a couple months ago. And last year I actually took a, I think it was an eight month hiatus because the community started getting a little too aggressive. For Toxic. Me. Yeah. 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 Started, I, the show actually started getting a lot of hate and I was like, you know what? This isn't like what I wanted to do. This isn't why I'm here. It just turned yeah. into something ugly. I'm done for now. And I went away for eight months and I came back. And when I came back, I think it was in, um, October, November, somewhere around then. But when I came back, I had nothing but love and support from the people that have heard the show in the past. Mm-hmm. And so those those negative people, those those toxic people, it's temporary stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the compassion and the encouragement to love from the Jedi that we that we strive and that that's what lasts yeah. for us. So it's good to see a refreshing of the community and there's a lot of people in this one and the ones you mentioned star wars community um i think his name is afraz uh he's, yep. he's a great yep. guy yeah he's really yep. great he's an avid listener i know he's listening now so uh we all three of us thank you for listening afraz yeah and for thank you for bringing us together community. yeah 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 exactly before we move on to like some of the main topics today i wanted to ask you guys each of you individually I ask all my guests when they come on the show. One of the themes of my podcast is to try and figure out what makes Star Wars iconic, timeless, mm. you know. So in each of your own opinions, what is it about Star Wars that you think makes it iconic? And this can be anything. Okay. 
Do you want to go first? Or want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah, I think it's um, along the same lines of what we were just talking about with the the lessons and the values that it brings. I think those hold true for any human ever, um, and, and that's what we like about Star Wars, and that's what we want to talk to people about um, when it comes to Star Wars. So I really think it's it's the lessons of um, they're, they're kind of reflected in our own society in a way, the good and the bad. Um, you know, one time we talked about like anti-droid sentiment and it's like, Oh, oh that's, um, you know, something that's big in, um, in society, not of course droids, but races, religions, whatever. So, so people can really grasp onto that and be like, Oh, I understand this because I see it in my own life. So I really think that's, um, that's what makes Star Wars timeless. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think uh, I, I'm one of those people who watches a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I'm obsessed with that. That's why when you were originally at the beginning of the show, you're mentioning the making of Star Wars that you're doing. I absolutely love that stuff. And one of the things for me that I've seen is every time I'm watching is how many people actually care and are love and obsessed with making star Wars. And I think that's part of the reason why so many people love it is because when you're watching the movies, you can almost feel like how much detail and care and just everything that goes into each show. And when you are each movie and when you watch behind the scenes stuff, one of my favorites is John Williams is the one who does the music, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you just ask that question? Yeah, yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure we're John Williams. I didn't want to. I just it's okay. We all have brain farts sometimes. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I I say the wrong name and I'm like, oh gosh. Um, (laughs) But he's in, I want to say it's The Rise of Skywalker, and they throw him in as just a random character. And you would never notice it if you're watching unless you really paid attention. Um, And he's in there, and then they have in the background. Uh, in the junk shop, they have a lot of just stuff from movies that he's done uh, the music for. And they took different props from those movies and just turned them to look kind of Star Warsy. Mm-hmm. And they throw all that in, and the normal watcher is never going to notice that. But once it's been opened up to you, you're like, oh my gosh, just the amount of yeah. care and thought that goes into every single scene, every single episode to connect stories. I think that's really what makes Star Wars Star Wars is it's it's all planned out and connected so perfectly. And it's just because people care. And I, I, I love that. And not to Both mention, are... Oh, sorry. Not to mention no, that, uh, uh, Nate really wants to be in star Wars. Oh, I can't tell you how yeah. many times he said, why don't we just send some people, some emails and, and just bombard <laughs> them until they say yes. <laughs> oh, I think all of us would love to be in star right. Wars. Yeah. We'll, we'll play yeah. a gonk yeah. droid just to be I'll in play whatever. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, both are great examples. The best part about that question is, you know, there's, there's no real right answer. There's so many things that make mm-hmm. Star Wars iconic. And um, like you said, Noah, about the, the lessons and the, the, um, the morality of it and just how it, that kind of stuff is timeless, right? And mm-hmm. that stuff's never going to go away. It's always mm-hmm. about good and evil. And then like you said, Nate, about the, the, the crafting of it, the, the heart and soul that's put into every little, whether it's a visual effect, whether it's a model, whether it's, uh, a character development there there's very high attention to detail in these movies and it, it's it's quality over anything else and we'll we'll extend our thoughts on this a little later when we get into our main topic but those are both great um great answers 
with the mention of John Williams, this actually brings us into our first segment of the show. So let's jump into it, everybody. This is Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1932, John Williams, the composer for all the Skywalker Saga movies, was born. In 2005, Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, was released on PC platforms. In 2009, the movie Fanboys opened in select theaters across the U.S. In 2015, Disney Marvel published the first issue of the Vader comic series. And finally, in 2013, Disney announced the development of two standalone Star Wars films known as the Star Wars Anthology series, of course being Rogue One and Solo. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next Monday to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So a lot of great stuff that happened this week in history. One of the ones I wanted to point out most notably was that movie Fanboys. Have you two seen that movie? No. No, but it... That it looks, looks awesome. like something, that's for sure. It's incredible. It takes place in 1998, and this group of Star Wars fans, these four kids, try to go break into the Skywalker Ranch so they can see Phantom Menace before it comes out. Nice. <laughs> and awesome. it's filled with cameos like Billy D. Williams, Carrie Fisher, and mm-hmm. tons of other people, and it's just a fun, great Star Wars fan movie. I highly mm-hmm. recommend just check it out and people who are listening as well please check it out it's such a what's great what's that other is it spaceballs yeah spaceballs is the other one that's like the goop version of it spaceballs is great too have you seen that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i love spaceballs they actually released a um uh, the you know dark helmet the character from that uh, movie mm-hmm. they released a black series version of that helmet that you can buy no way. It, <laughs> it looks so that's great cool. that's another great movie we need more star wars spoofs we need more, yeah, like the family guy. They're all great. They're all good. All right, guys. So move into our uh, the news of today, which there is a lot of it. Uh, I just want to go ahead and thank you all again for continuing to watch this episode. There is a tipping option if you feel so inclined and you want to support this channel on a monetary level. Just go to www.streamelements.com slash hontalks first slash tip. That's also in the description below. It's not expected, but if you send in your thoughts and questions, we will always... Give them a shout out here on the show, and we appreciate the support very much. If you are a member for a while, um, thank you so much for your support. If you want to support this channel even more so and become a member and join our team, you can go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash first. That is also in the description of these episodes as well. Last bit of uh, plugging here. The Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. So if you are interested in getting a free Audible membership, uh, at least for the first month, I will tell you a little bit later how you can make that happen. But the link is in the description, www.audibletrial.com slash first. Stick around. I'll tell you how you can get a free 30-day trial, and I highly recommend it. And again, if you're just joining us, welcome. We are joined by the First Galactic Podcast. Both Nate and Noah came by today, and we're so happy to have them with us. Okay, so like I, I was telling you guys before we started, there's a, there's a lot of news that I wanted to talk about today. So we're going to try and get through this relatively quickly, but we will get your thoughts on these things as well. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is probably my most anticipated show that is going to come to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the news was that we have a cinematographer confirmed. And his name is Chung Hoon Chung. 
Now, this is an award-winning cinematographer, and he's from Seoul in South Korea. Other work things that he's worked on are movies like Old Boy, Hotel Artemis, Zombieland, and uh, un- he's making he's shooting the new Uncharted movie. So this guy he shoots beautiful work. If you, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen Old Boy, check that out. It's a Korean film. It's fantastic, and this guy has he's got everything you would want for a show like this. He's he's worked on film. He's worked on digital. He's worked on all kinds of technology. And now he gets to work with the volume tech that they used on Mandalorian. And uh, I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great choice. It's an artsy choice. And I want this show to be perfect. I think it's a good call. Did you guys hear about this news? About Chung? Uh, no, so I didn't hear about that, but I would. I did want to point out exactly what you're talking about. The cinematography of just the new movies, the new shows, everything. I love everything they've done with Mandalorian and just that that like wall that they have to walk in and everything's filmed and it's on a screen behind them. I think yeah. that's fascinating. I think it's so cool. And I'm like, what a fast. Ah, I just wish all of the originals could have that same too. I wish so bad, but I mean, that's yeah. kind of what makes the originals, the originals, it makes them nice and it like throws back and nostalgic. Uh, but man, I just love all the changes. Every It's just kind of cool. Everything that they can do and even how they still use real models. I, I love that yeah. in Mandalorian. Oh, that's still used a real model of the Razor Crest and yeah. like RIP Razor Crest. Yeah, uh, but those types of things are, are awesome. I didn't hear this news. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, just based off everything that Star Wars has done recently. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's done uh, countless other works aside from those that I mentioned, um, mostly mm-hmm. foreign film. But uh, he's he's very talented, and I know he's going to bring that same caliber of work to the show as well. The other bit of Obi-Wan news is it's not really news. It's just comments from Ewan McGregor himself that I wanted to bring up here. So he recently said in an interview on uh, another podcast, he says, and I quote, we start shooting late spring and going to be shooting it in LA. We're shooting it in the way Mandalorian was shot using that style. I like Mm -hmm. the format of it and the Western nature of it. John Favreau was not involved, but Deborah Chow is leading the whole thing. I always felt like there was a story about him, Obi-Wan, that happened between my version and the Alec Guinness version. This should be much more interesting than the blue slash green screen that we did in the prequels. So those are quotes from Ewan. It sounds like he's, of course, he's excited, but it sounds like he's more excited to actually work with more tangible sets in Star Wars than the early 2000s blue screen like void that he was living in for <laughs> a couple months. Um Overall, I, I, the more I hear about the show, the more I get excited, even if it's just something small like, I don't know, Ewan just said he's he can't wait. Like, that just gets me hyped. For, this is my most anticipated show. What do you yeah. guys think about the whole entire show and, like, everything that's coming from it so far? Well, I'm excited. Obi-Wan's my favorite character by far. Ewan McGregor, uh, top five favorite actor list. Um, I'm excited, but there's some hesitation in there um, specifically when they said there's going to be an Obi-Wan Darth Vader duel um, unless maybe it's a throwback of some sorts. I don't know, but to me, I'm just, I'm skeptical a little bit because of that. I I think I kind of like the mystery of Obi-Wan did what, you know, we we don't know something on Tatooine. Maybe he flew around a little bit. We don't know, but I, I think meeting Darth Vader again, that might open some more plot holes. So I'm I'm skeptical. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely think a lot of times when there is too much fan service, mm-hmm. it can be a detriment to story. Uh, 
obviously they they want to provide that because that's the reason we watch is we want those connections and we want and it's cool like you see luke skywalker show up in mandalorian you're like this is cool this is awesome uh but sometimes you're like are they forcing it are they forcing too much at once like if we we got ahsoka boba and luke all in the same season of mandalorian and you look back and you're like okay like it was fantastic but is that too much all at once now what do we have looking forward uh it's interesting. I'm sure those guys are master storytellers. They'll be able to to figure out something and continue it on that keeps everyone excitement. Uh, but I think that's kind of what you're what you're feeling there. Yeah, I kind of just like the the guesswork of we don't know what Obi Wan did, you know. And and I want to almost keep it that way. I want to, of course, give some, and I want the show to happen. But I, I want some uh, uh, just doubt when I leave there. I want to. I don't want to know. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. I, I okay. don't want to yeah. know everything that happened to him so i'm hoping they leave with a doubt yeah i totally see where you're coming from when before they even announced they were going to do it i I was never fond of the idea of an obi-wan spinoff mainly because i kind of like you said i i don't want to know what happened between that time period and i knew if they did it they were going to bring invader because Mm. disney's a business and they know that would bring in some cash and my fear was they would they would ruin the consistency between Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope because one of my yeah. favorite things to do with Star Wars is watch Revenge of the Sith and immediately watch a New Hope after it because I love how how perfectly they they sync and transition into one another. I think George Lucas did a great job. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of the highlights of his career, in my opinion, was that successful transfer from you know Republic to Empire. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel forced no pun intended but mm-hmm. it was done very well and so i am still a little hesitant about the show but knowing that they're taking their time with this they've been developing it for six years yeah yeah that, sh- that shows me okay they they care a little bit right? yeah. And they, yeah they've they've hired and fired i think two different writers already and mm-hmm. waited until they found the right director deborah chow to come in and like lead ship lead the entire thing so it seems to me like they're putting a lot of a lot of care into this, and I think that's mm. what it needs. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's nice that they've also had a lot of this story told. Well, not a lot of the story, but some of the story told in Rebels. I mean, they had, I'm not going to spoil Rebels for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, but they do have a major storyline with, with Kenobi in there. And I, have you seen both Clone Wars and Rebels, all of it? Yes, I, I yeah. rebels. I prefer over Clone Wars. I love. Ah, yes, thank you so much yep. for saying that. Yep. <laughs> you too. Like Clone Wars, Clone Wars, Clone Wars. And I'm like, okay, well, Clone Wars has maybe uh, three great seasons, and Rebels is fantastic all the way through. I, I, what I don't like, of course, is what everyone says is the animation's a little weird. Um, but you get past that, I think, after three or four episodes, and you're like, oh, okay, this story's kind of cool. Yeah, I know their budget was split massively compared mm-hmm. to Clone Wars. So I, they can't do quite See, as behind much. Behind the scenes but, guy, he knows this. Yeah, but <laughs> but I mean, it's still, there's all the work within it, all the lore, all the this back stuff, they throw so much into there, especially at that last mm-hmm. season. You're like, dang, this is wild. But back, back on Kenobi, sorry we pulled you away from that real quick. No, no, you're okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. As much as I have my little doubts in my mind, I'm still like, this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, don't I'm worry. The, the 12-year-old in me is... So pumped to see this, yeah, yeah. right? So, it's, don't get me wrong; it's it's top 
three on my list of uh, of new shows I want to yeah. see. Speaking of other new shows, uh, we're also talking about Andor. There was some news. There was um, a new. Some directors were announced that were tapped to help helm the series. So we all know Tony Gilroy, who helped write and co-direct a few scenes from Rogue One, is the showrunner and uh, main writer for the Andor series. And so the three directors that were recently tapped to come in and help direct a few episodes were Toby Haynes, Ben Karen and Susanna White. Now, all three of them have worked in British television for many years, and some of the shows they've worked on are Sherlock, The Crown, and Jane Eyre. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was never really excited about this show. <laughs> but I'm the thing that makes me really excited is that Tony Gilroy is shepherding it, and I think he's a great storyteller. And when he describes this show, he talks about how it's a spy thriller with a bunch of twists and turns. So that that excites me. Um, overall, I mean, what do you guys think about this this show and or and have you heard of any of these directors before? Uh, I think I've heard of Did you say it was Susanna White. Right. I yes. think I've heard of her before. Um, I actually in the last Monday reading that I did to the Star Wars book on our podcast, I was just talking about this and I was talking about how. I love the spy part of anything. I love James Bond. I love anything like that. I did think in episode two um, of Star Wars, I liked the beginning, the fact that they tried to be, almost be like it's a spy cop thing that they're figuring out. I not, Keyword tried. Yeah, it's not my favorite part of any part of Star Wars at all. Uh, but that little bit, I like what they were trying to do. And if they can successfully do that with Andor, I think it'd be fantastic. I think that's one of my favorite things in the world is spies. And I'm, I wish they always dug more into that. And that's part of why I like the little bit of older video games that they had of Star Wars, the video games that were out in the 90s. You almost yeah. felt like you're like, oh, I'm a little spy because you couldn't be this main major character, but you could be almost figuring out some plot, some crazy thing going on. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that they can figure out the spy aspect of Star Wars away from, of course, the Skywalker saga. You know, go ahead, give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, only thing I have to say about it is I love Diego Luna as an actor, so I'm stoked to see him. Diego yeah. Luna's great, and I, I love that he has a very a very big friendship with um, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Yes. That. Mm-hmm. Connecting friends in the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another fun thing that happened recently was the announcement of the Star Wars Trading Post. Star Wars Trading Post is nothing new. It's been in the Disney Galaxy's Edge before, but we're going to talk about some of its new locations. So Walt Disney Imagineers have created and designed uh, and inspired by a hidden jungle resistance base, and it even includes Rey's iconic speeder prominently displayed at the entrance. And the Star Wars Trading Post is now located at the west end of downtown Disney District. And one, here's another picture for you guys. This is Mm. the one with Ray's speeder out in front. So I was actually in downtown Disney uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago. I did not see this when I was there. They had a a smaller version set up as kind of like a temporary thing. But it's it's got a lot of great stuff in there. And one thing that's sad about this news is actually that, you know, they they tore down the rainforest cafes to make, <laughs> to make this. 
and that's iconic for, for people yeah, our age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just have. It's been. I don't know why. Me and my girlfriend were talking over the summer last year, I think, and we were saying when everything opens back up, one thing we want to do is go to Rainforest Cafe, <laughs> no. Disney as a whole. But we were talking about Rainforest Cafe, and then this happened, and it's like I'm happy they're making it, but on the other hand, I'm like. I'm, ne- I'm probably never going to get to go to rainforest again. So That's okay. I don't know. have you guys 90s. been to, yeah, exactly. Have you guys been to the trading post in any of the galaxy's edges or at all? I wish I, I have uh, done my research. That's for sure. I have watched countless videos of people making lightsabers and that is high, high, high on my list of, of just, I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland in a couple of years because um, we're in San Diego, you're in LA. So you're a bit closer than us. Um, but just with the price of Disneyland, to be honest, and uh, the price of making my own lightsaber at $200, I'm like, all right, <laughs> this isn't just a cheap vacation, right? This is mm-hmm. something I got to plan for. So, yeah, I will say if and when you do go, m- my personal opinion, I think it's a better deal for your money to just buy a lightsaber no. rather than make it. <laughs> it's sad to say, but the yeah. quality for the pre made ones. 20 times better than the one yeah. That I made. yeah but it's the same price i don't i guess i could i could show you mine i have a i bought oh, yeah. a nice new one so oh uh, that's the most that's that's the best yeah. yeah tell me tell me your thoughts on this star wars trading post while i go get this star wars well trading okay post. trading post all right well i know absolutely zero about the star wars trading post uh i when was the last time i went to disneyland i probably went to disneyland in like 2000 16 17 uh it was right when they made the what's that ride in the back do you know the ride that used to be like thunder mountain no not thunder mountain space mountain it still is yeah yeah space mountain but then they changed it to star wars ride yeah it was a uh, hyperspace mountain hyperspace <laughs> mountain yeah that was the last time i went was like right when they changed it to hyperspace mountain we went on it like 15 times and then i was like all right that was awesome and then went to the lightsaber or not lightsaber the Buzz Lightyear ride where you like shoot yeah, everything. Yeah. I love that one. That one's fantastic. That's a good we, one too. Sorry, we got off a topic a bit, but the trading post. Oh, no, no, is, it's, all, it's all fun. Cool, cool. The, the trading post is. Um, I mean, you can tell us a bit more about it, but it's it's where everything Star Wars is, right? All the all the memorabilia, collectibles, um, anything you could ever want. Star Wars. Yeah, so, uh, a lot of great, a lot of great things you can buy. I, I took three things over here to show you guys and since you like rebels you'll love this yeah so this is my jedi holocron let's see if it could focus that's yeah does it open so it does open so if you twist the sides i don't know if you can make noise does it make a sound no (laughs) and wow you can also just like in the show you can insert your own kyber crystal and i have mace windu's Oh my gosh. Kyber crystal. And when you put it in, Mace Windu talks to you. How rad is that? That's actually wow. insane. That's insane. Now for the I also to counter it have the Sith Holocron. Of course. Which also opens and I have a bled crystal as well. Is it Mal's? You know, I don't know. They okay, didn't tell okay. me. Okay. When Does I put it, it talk? in Palpatine talks, but Count oh. Dooku also talks, so I'm not oh. sure who's oh, it okay, actually. Yeah. Is. Okay. Now, the one downfall about buying holocrons and crystals is you don't get to pick what crystal you want unless you pay an extra 20 bucks. 
Nice. They kind of treat it like a Jedi experience where you like put your hand into a pit and whatever, mm-hmm. whichever one you get is what you're meant to have, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. But yeah. I had to pay the extra to get Mace Windu because he is my <laughs> favorite. Now look at this. Mm. That's this a, so that's not the beautiful. that's the pre-made one? This is the pre-made one. Okay. It's a little dusty, but so if you did the make your own, it would be this is really heavy. It would be a lighter and it would also be made of plastic rather than like metal and mm. you know other kind of stuff. But mm. I mean, it's still it's, the experience is fun. It, it's yeah. really great yeah. if you do it. It's yeah, it's a good experience either way. Um, so is Mace Windu is that your favorite character then? Favorite Jedi or is it just you like the purple? Mace Windu is my my favorite Jedi. Uh, he's not my favorite character in Star Wars, but as far as like picking a favorite Jedi, he's my favorite. Ever since I saw. The prequels as a kid, those those stuck out. His character stuck out to me the most. Yeah, yeah. and he was he was well, so was cool, point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why he, he wanted was, the purple. Yeah, he was so cool. He was yeah. so cool. Okay, cool. Uh, well, that's it for the Star Wars trading post. If you guys haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, I highly recommend it. Or just go check out some of the pictures. And if you're listening on the audio, if you go over to the YouTube, you can see some of the pictures on our screen here. Next, we're going to talk about uh, Knights of the Old Republic. There's some more rumors coming out. I want to thank Max for uh, following this channel and uh, constantly talking about Knights of the Old Republic. I'm glad you are finding this show interesting, and I have some more news to share. So let me pull up a little picture here. Okay. According to Resta, or Rest Era, excuse me, Aspire Media, the developers behind the re-released ports of Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, are developing a rumored Star Wars KOTOR remake. Now, Aspire currently has several games under development, including one major ongoing game uh, development project with an approximately budget of 70 million US dollars. And that is expected to become important for the entire group. These development projects will engage more than 200 oh, lost my space here. Internal and external developers with the core team in Austin, Texas and will contribute to the Embracer's release slate in the coming years. So that was a quote from one of the creators at not creators, one of the employees at Aspire, one of the one of the higher-ups there. Now Aspire Media is most known for porting popular games into platforms like Nintendo Switch, Android, PC, and other consoles. Now, if Knights of the Old Republic Remake ends up the studio's next project, then this would likely represent the studio's largest project they've had yet, with a budget of $70 million is also seemingly dispels the idea that this project is a simple port of an original Knights of the Old Republic to modern platforms. This is, of course, has been rumored for a while, but it seems now we've got a little bit more confirmation, like a little taste of it. Overall, this is kind of what we talked about last week on the show, how if they're going to do a new Knights of the Old Republic game, it would be most likely they would re-release one and two ports uh, as a remastered edition. And companies like Aspire have done this in the past and they get a lot of audience acclaim for that. So it seems like they're making the right calls and the right choices, and they're putting a lot of money into this game. So yeah. I think we can expect it to to look and feel really good. Do you guys? What do you guys think of the Knights of the Old Republic? Are you excited about the game? And what are your thoughts on it? Have you ever played? No, I've never played. So I've, I've played, played three Star Wars games. My favorite one of all time was Dark Forces, 
And it's that's one of the good old ones from the '90s where you it's get the one that's flying around on the ship. That you no, oh, no, around. I guess I've played four Star Wars games. Okay, so it's <laughs> yeah, you're running around, and it's that spy idea of you're just like this random character you've never been heard of, and then you're working your way through the Empire and taking people down to protect Jedi and learn all the secrets. Um, so reminds me of a uh, Shadow of Mordor a little bit. A li- yeah, it was a little bit like that where you're just like this person who just. I love Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, great yep, game. Yep. And but I've never played this game. I've always seen it. I've watched every single like video on YouTube mm-hmm. of someone playing it and like the cutscenes and just everything that exists. Yeah, cutscenes are great. Yeah, but I've never played it myself. Always wanted to. And so with this one coming out, the likelihood that I'd spend a few bucks on it and buy it, <laughs> pretty high. Uh, I have you, have you played it before? Um, I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it right here. So I, even if. Even before the remastered one comes out, I highly recommend going and, and buying it because at the time, uh, again, we talked about this last week, everybody, but at the time, this game was revolutionary and it did things that hadn't been done before. And a lot of other game developers and companies thereafter started copying this format as far as narrative, as far as effects, gameplay, um, voice acting all that kind of stuff it was it was a game changer uh, no pun intended again but it was it's a it's a good game to be honest with you i haven't played it in a really long time so i don't remember much of it but uh like you said the the cutscenes, they're great uh, i watch those occasionally time to time because they're so much fun um but overall i i'm so excited because if they do this remaster it's going to bring so many more new people to this and I know when more people see it, they're going to love it. And then mm-hmm. we possibly would get an adaptation for a live action version Ooh. in some format, which I think would be mm-hmm. incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. We, we've got, there's a bunch of Star Wars games coming out, aren't there? There'd be this, and they were talking about the open world game. Uh, they were talking about a Battlefront 3 possibility. Were, I only care about Lego Star Wars. Yeah, Lego Star Wars, <laughs> the complete saga is coming out. Oh, I saw. it comes out in May. It comes out for, uh, around my birthday. I'm so pumped for that one. I saw oh I gosh. saw a leak that it was uh, March. I don't know. Um, what? March? Are you yeah, so... <laughs> Don't take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was some like Russian company that leaked that that apparently has leaked games in the past. So take that how you want to. But I heard March. Oh my gosh, that makes me even more oh. excited. Yeah, right. I'm write that down. Right, I don't forget it. Yeah, I have to look it up. I don't remember what the website was, but I I did read an article about it, so we'll see. March Lego game release. I hope I'm right. To be honest, yeah, honestly, <laughs> man, I need that stinking game. <laughs> if, Okay, so let's jump on to the next bit of news here because uh, we're kind of backtracking in time and talking about The Mandalorian. But recently, The Mandalorian was had a couple of award nominations at the awards season here in Hollywood and around the world. And Mandalorian has just been nominated earlier this week for uh, the Golden Globes as a nominee for Best Drama with support from um, SAG and WGA, both Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild of America. They say on Twitter, congratulations to Rick Famuyiwa, John Favreau, Dave Filoni on their nomination for Best Drama Series by the Writers Guild of America. And here is the post about the Screen Actors Guild Award, also nominated for Best Stunt Ensemble in a Comedy or Drama. 
So this is great. Of course, we knew Mandalorian was going to get some kind of nomination because it's such a great show, not just because of how popular it is, but because of the, like we were kind of talking about earlier, the craft and the, the love that's put into it. It's a great story, great stunts, great character, and technology advancements, and it's all kind of flawless. And that season finale, in my opinion, was perfect Star Wars, and it was so fantastic. I'll get you guys' thoughts real quick, but also Ludwig van Gorsen was nominated for his score of The Mandalorian. For those of you watching YouTube, this is Ludwig. He is actually a hero of mine. I am a musician by day and a podcaster by night. So Ludwig is... Uh, I'm a big fan of his work, but the Society of Composers and Lyricists nominated him for Outstanding Original Score for a Television Production. He recently was, or previously was, awarded for his work on Season 1 of The Mandalorian with an Emmy for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series. He also had an Oscar a while ago for Black Panther. That means that he is one away from getting an EGOT, the hardest achievement ever in award ceremony so he has an emmy a grammy and an oscar if he gets a tony he's going to be one of the fewest people in the world to ever have this honor of getting an egot and here is the twitter post from the mandalorian congrats to ludwig for receiving a nomination for outstanding original score for a television production at the society of composers and lyricists so overall what do you guys think about this how pumped are you and let me hear your thoughts the first thing I saw when it said Writers Guild of America, I just thought of, oh, they're part of the guild. So I think it's, uh, oh, there goes my Sorry. my headphone. So I, I think it, that's perfect um, for The Mandalorian. Um, best drama, I'm not surprised. We we talked about this earlier that season two just kind of blew everything, like blew season one away. It had so much. It had Luke, it had Ahsoka, it had Boba. Um we actually talked about this uh, on our was it our most recent podcast called uh, Daddy Issues, where this is the first time in Star Wars that there isn't a daddy issue, right? Mando is the dad to Baby Yoda, Grogu, and it's the opposite of a daddy issue. It's a whole it's a wholesome loving relationship. So um, I think they were able to pull the best parts out of that. So congratulations on the nomination. Hope they win. Yeah. And and on the music end, I'm not a musician per se, but I have played piano and guitar for forever. And I just think about it, how difficult it would be because you're into the shoes of Star Wars. And so you, you want it to sound Star Wars. You want it to pull some of the same themes, but you don't want to feel like you're copying, you know? Like that would be such a hard middle ground to be like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something new, but also touch back and pull from the old stories. If they're talking about certain things, I'm going to pull Leia's song, I'm going to pull all these other themes and bring them into this new piece. And that would be such a challenge and so difficult to try to not steal from the old or just say, no, I'm not doing anything from the old and, and trying to figure out that middle ground has got to be so tough. And I'm sure that's an insane amount of work that goes into every single, any part that they're doing sound wise, whether it's the Foley team or what, what it is. You're absolutely right. And 
uh, I'll be honest with you, it's just my personal opinion. As big of a fan as I am of Ludwig van Gordsen, I was actually uh, not a fan of him at the beginning of season one. I thought his music was, um, it it lacked a, a groundness to it. It sounded like it didn't know what it was going to do. It sounded very experimental. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. towards the end of season one, you can really feel how he was finding, he was figuring out the sound as he went along. And then yeah. season two came out and he nailed it. And it was, every part was fantastic. There were a few things such as transitional things in the music I wasn't a fan of, but he's, he's a growing musician. He's a young, new, uh, relatively newcomer in the composing scoring world. He's, he's very creative. He's very talented. Don't get me wrong. And I, I think season, when season three comes around, the music's just going to get even better. Yep. To think that this guy was able to incorporate an electronic dubstepy type of sound. Yeah, yeah uh, we were just and, yeah, it, yeah. and yeah. it works. It yeah. worked for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. No one else could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think it would it would be a, a great challenge, but he does very well. And uh, another composer I want to give a shout out to was the guy who did Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, Kevin Kiner. He is the closest thing to John Williams I've uh, so far. Yeah. He is unbelievably talented he's also a guitar player both of these guys are guitar players so um kind of cool but yeah overall all these awards are well deserved for the show and for ludwig and uh, i'm sure we're gonna see some wins here in the next week because i think the announcements are coming up very soon actually so we'll we'll be back with more of that the competition is high though there's a lot of great television out this week so we'll see but we have our hopes high so now we're going to jump into our main topic of the show, everybody. Before we do, uh, we are going to take a minute here and hear from our sponsor of today's show. So bear with us. We'll be back in just one minute. It's a new year, so that means it's time for some resolutions, which brings me to the sponsor of today's show, Audible. By going to this link, audibletrial.com slash first in the description below, you can get a free 30-day trial. My resolution this year is to read more. It makes you smarter. But it can also bring you closer to the things you love, like Star Wars. If you're like me, trying to get your hands on every Star Wars book ever made, then you probably have the same problem I do. Shelf space. But it's not just about that. Audible is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. Once I downloaded the Audible app, I immediately started listening to the first book in the Star Wars High Republic series, The Light of the Jedi. This story is accompanied with great voice talent, sound effects, and music that make you feel like you're stepping into the Star Wars world. Audible has everything you need. Get access to audiobooks, Audible Originals, podcasts, and so much more. You can listen anywhere, anytime, on your phone, computer, in your car, and they're always launching new content. It's less than $10 a month with the Audible Plus plan, but you can get 30 days for free by going to my link, www.audibletrial.com slash Han Talks First in the description below. I highly recommend Audible. I mean, think about all the Star Wars books you can have right on your phone. And there's so much more, so please consider checking them out and send me a message with proof of your trial so I can give you some great recommendations. It's time to start listening. So yes, thank you so much, Audible, for sponsoring this show and today's episode. I highly encourage you all to go check out the link because it's definitely worth it. And you can catch up with some of the new High Republic novels that are out today and read them for free. So go check out link in the description below. 
And now we're going to talk about the main topic, the reason you are all here, the title of this video. We're going to talk about the future of Star Wars and what effects it makes on the audience and the market as a whole. Now, if you guys remember, uh, two months ago, I did a video talking about all the new Star Wars movies that came out, saying that this is the way and how exciting it was to get all these new frontiers of television and movies that are coming to the Star Wars world. And with Star Wars being as profitable as it is, it's no wonder that Disney has big plans for it heading into 2021 and beyond with things like the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, The Bad Batch, Andor, The Acolyte, A Droid Story, Lando, and Visions all coming to Disney Plus somewhere in the future. And all of these will likely precede Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron and the still untitled mainline Star Wars film that will be directed by Taika Waititi. Now, the, this was the topic that was um, introduced to us today by our guests at the First Galactic Podcast. Uh, they won the trivia segment last week on Monday's episode, and the prize for that was they got to pick a topic. So I decided, well, since they're going to pick it, why not have them come on the show and talk about it themselves? So I'm really excited we get to do that today. Now, the main question here is with all of these new Star Wars entries coming to the light, the cause for concern is valid in terms of quality due to the inconsistent output from the Disney era of Star Wars. You know, there's been divisiveness. The divisiveness from the sequel trilogy and the poor reception of Solo are two big examples, which we'll talk about. Disney's former CEO, Bob Iger, was once quoted saying that releasing three Star Wars movies within a span of four years may have been overly ambitious. After all, fans had to wait 16 years between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, and then another 10 years up to Force Awakens. And all things considered, Star Wars still remains a much rarer cultural event than Marvel films. Closest thing we can compare it to. Not only that, but on a business side of it, Netflix. So I'm going to first ask our guests here today, you know, since you guys uh, brought up this topic, which is a great topic, I think we're going to have a great discussion about it. You know, what are your first thoughts on all the new shows and the audience reception, are we going to oversaturate the market? Are, are people going to be as interested if we have Star Wars all the time, everywhere? What do you guys think? I think my, my initial thought is goes back to anytime anything comes out that is new when there is an original. So it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's Star Wars. It doesn't matter if it's MCU. It doesn't matter if it's just a random movie that has a sequel. When it first comes out, the massive feeling that I get from most people is I don't like it because I like what was old and was safe and what I liked before. And this new stuff is just, uh, I, I don't, I can't relate to it. It's not the same. Yeah. And I think that's so easy to do, even with the sequels. I mean, even like what you mentioned, the solo movie, I watched it originally and was like, eh, not that great. And then I've watched it more and I'm kind of like, okay, like I'm opening up to it a little bit. And then, out of the realm of a Star Wars fan, I've watched it with someone who isn't a Star Wars fan and they watch Solo and they're like, I loved Solo. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was this cool story and the, the cinematography was great, a weird alien in the middle of space, like all these cool things. And it's it's so funny because I think sometimes we get caught up in our own sense of what uh, Star Wars should be. And then when they try to create other realms, other stories, other 
even somewhat genre. They might try to do a little bit of genre change. And, and like we we're talking about with Andor, if you have a little spy or something different like that, I think it, it scares some people sometimes. And our concern was if there's too much of that all at once with nine, 10 shows being announced, what's that going to do to not only the Star Wars fan, but people who they're trying to bring into Star Wars? It might not scare them per se, but it might turn them off to what Star Wars actually is. And they might think, oh, Star Wars is this one thing only because they saw one show. And so they don't really get the whole story or the whole feel of Star Wars, which isn't necessarily bad. But we're just trying to figure out kind of like, what does that look like for the future of Star Wars fans and the fandom as a whole and and the community as a whole? I think the biggest word that comes to my mind with all 10 of these shows coming out is confusion. Um you know, yeah. along the lines of what Nate said, if you show someone the droid story, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Uh, if you show, show someone a droid story as their first Star Wars experience, granted, it's not out yet, so I don't know what it's going to be, but I think that's going to be the biggest flop of the bunch. Um, the droid episodes of both Clone Wars and Rebels, I thought were kind of boring, to say uh, the least. So if you show someone that, over you know an original or, or something in the skywalker saga which is star wars and i use quotes because what really is star wars mm-hmm. you know it's whatever you make it, it it's um it's all of these shows apparently but i really think people are going to be turned off by it and confused by it and um just overall have like a bad taste of star wars and be like oh i don't understand why people like this so much and and then you're gonna have to force them to sit through 10 more films you know and five different series and they're going to, they're going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had an interesting question for you as he's talking about this is like, what are your thoughts on branching out of the Skywalker story? Because one of the things that was a concern in Mandalorian, a lot of people had was now Luke Skywalker's in the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian is no longer its own story. No matter what happens, it's now attached to the main series because now we have a Skywalker in there. So the Skywalker saga is wrapping its arm around something else, which is not necessarily bad, but I think I just, they have to do that. Yeah. I'm just like, what, what, what are your thoughts there? As far as, uh, going away from that or just the general thoughts about. Yeah. I think, I think it, with all of these new stories, like, do you think all of them have to be attached to the Skywalker saga or do you think they can stand alone and, and be successful as their own story, but in star Wars? I definitely think they can be successful by themselves. I think mm-hmm. one of the, you know, it's it's been a constant complaint ever since the early 2000s that, you know, for the casual, for people like us who live and breathe Star Wars, but for the mm-hmm. casual fan, you hear all the time, oh, why are they only talking about the Star with Skywalkers? Is there no one else in the galaxy? You know, I hear that all the time from people that aren't, as big of fans as people like us are. And that's an understandable critique on their part because, uh, you know, for us, we're invested into that story and we want to know every little detail about that. But there's so there go back to the original star Wars back in 1977, you know, before that was the only star Wars at the time. And it's hard to believe like now, um, but I, I couldn't imagine living in that time period. But at that time, all the fans of that movie had context and an in, inner story 
each person in the cantina was like, you know, and they would release magazines discussing a random alien in the far back left corner of the mm-hmm. cantina. Mm-hmm. And every Star Wars fans everywhere lived and breathed that. And they would buy the comics and they would uh, read the books and all this other extended knowledge. And for the longest time in the late 80s, early 90s, um, the legends books and novels were primarily focused on things outside of the Skywalker saga. So it's possible. And those books sold like crazy. They were very Mm -hmm. popular. Mm -hmm. I just want my listeners to know I'm not old. (laughs) I was not around (laughs) during the time. I just hear like, you know, my uncles and people who are older about stories and uh, through some of the research I've done, those books are extremely popular. So it's possible. I think them introducing Luke in the Mandalorian was not necessary. I loved it. But like, mm-hmm. like you said, that was a great way to point out that, you know, it's no longer about the Lorian anymore. Bringing in all these yeah. legacy characters. I mean, if you consider Ahsoka a legacy character, I get it. It's to set up her own show. But mm-hmm. all these legacy people they're bringing in are eventually getting their own show. So it leads the audience to believe, are we going to get another movie about Luke? Uh, is he going to be in season three? It, all, this, all this kind of stuff. If you stop feeding us, the the luke skywalker food and the skywalker you know taste for our taste buds then we're not going to crave it if you give us Mm -hmm. great new original stuff then we're going to want it so i think it's about execution really yeah i think that's the biggest thing yeah Uh, but don't get me wrong seeing luke skywalker was one of the greatest moments of my life in in mando so fantastic yeah Yeah. one thing i have for you guys is let's do a little compare and contrast here i think the only um comparison to a disney plus that you can make closely is netflix some would say hbo max but they're so far behind i don't consider that a a challenger for disney plus so with the netflix being their counter rival mm. how do you think i know disney plus is new it's only a year year and a half old but with where they are now and where they could possibly go with all these new original premium content that they're going to have. How do you guys separate or how do you think Disney plus is doing compared to Netflix? How do you think they could learn from Netflix and how do you think they could do better in some ways? Yeah, I think, well, obviously one of the things they've learned from Netflix is I go on Netflix and there's something new every single week, every single day. There's a new show and there's it's inundated with new stuff constantly. And so you're always getting new material. And I think that's part of what Star Wars Disney is seeing is they're looking at it like, oh, wow, okay, if we need to compete, we have to put out new stuff all the time. And does that mean, and I guess that's the, the part that makes you a little nervous is it's like, okay, I want new stuff to compete. And that's what the world is used to is new, 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 but I don't want to get rid of quality. So it's like, I feel like there's just so much new content for Star Wars coming out. And it's like, okay, well maybe Disney plus you have all these other things that you, you have your own originals, you have your own movies, but, but they don't really, right. They're pulling a lot on Star Wars. And I think that's the, part that makes you nervous for star Wars is it's like, all right, Disney, you, you try something else. Like you got these other things you could try to do. Don't rely solely on star Wars to hold your, your platform up. Cause I know a lot of people, they go on to watch the old Disney movies. Right. And you're like, Oh, I got that nostalgia. But then once you've watched it, I mean, you're, I don't know, 
I don't really watch a lot of the Disney movies over and over and over, but I'll watch yeah. Star Wars <laughs> a ton. And that might just be me personally, but I think, I don't know. I think that's something that Disney plus kind of struggles with. They got a ton of people right away. It's, it's not like it's a bad platform. It's good. It's cheap. It gets you the stuff that you want. Same as Netflix, but their retention, I think that's going to be a challenge for them moving forward because I've got my nostalgia factor and then I'm, I'm kind of done. Right. And so yeah. it almost requires them to come out with new stuff. Yeah, and they found the the perfect way to do it, which is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched the live action Mulan last night for the first time, and all I could think about was the originals. All I could think about was when is uh, Mushu going to crack a, a joke here? You know, I thought it sucked. I gave it like a four, four and a half out of ten. Um, so I really think Disney Plus is just Star Wars. You know, there's Marvel too. I get that. There's old Disney movies, but. 65% of it is Star Wars, or at least that's what it's going to be with all these new shows. So when it comes to oversaturation, you know, Netflix has, I don't know, hundreds, if not thousands of titles I've never heard of, right? Uh, how do I pick? I don't want to sit through uh, an hour of this two hour long movie and realize I don't like it, then I have to go start a new one, right? So I think people may look at Star Wars the same way when there's 20 different titles on Disney Plus. It's like, do I watch something about Skywalkers? Do I watch the Bad Batch? Do I, you know, whatever it is, they're going to be like, how do I pick? You know, like, give me a, a, a guideline. Give me a, mm-hmm. a helping book or something, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, mm-hmm. to help me figure this problem out. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing that does crack me up, though, is uh, on that uh, image that you showed a little while ago with all the shows and everything, is that bottom right corner. Indiana I thought it was so Indiana Jones. Is this on there? <laughs> and I'm like, heck yeah. I yeah. just love that they throw that on there. Like, yep, you know, we got Harrison Ford was in this, so he counts. We're going to throw it on. We're going to throw some more money at this, <laughs> and we're going to make some more money. And yeah. that's what I don't want out of uh, out of Star Wars. You know, I sequels, that, that's what the sequels are, to be honest, is more money. Um, I don't think it did anything to help or hurt for that matter. Um, Star Wars or the Skywalker saga. It was, it was money. It was fan service, uh, great special effects. And, you know, our beloved characters passed on. So I, I think uh, going back to your original point, we talked about a few minutes ago. I, I think there's a Star Wars outside of the Skywalker saga, but I think we're always going to be comparing it to, the Skywalker saga. So we're saying, oh, that's not Star Wars. This sucks. This isn't Star Wars. So I'm kind of right there with Nate on Solo. I didn't like it. I still don't think I like it very much, but I like it more than I did when it first came out because I'm like, okay, it's kind of something new. Granted, I don't think it does anything for the Star Wars world, the Star Wars universe, but I don't hate it anymore. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I never really cared for that movie. I I never had an attachment when it was announced to it. You know, yeah. uh, I, I actually, I, I dislike more of the Disney star Wars than I do like it. Uh, sure. which is kind of, it's kind of sad to say, but oh, I, I still love it as uh, overall. What I'm gathering from what you guys are saying is there's three really important things that are to consider with this topic. And that is branding, marketing and quality over quantity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Netflix does absolutely terribly is their marketing. Like you said, Nate, they're having new shows all the time, new movies every day, but they never tell you when they're coming out or what it they're just about. shows up. 
Yep. Yeah, they what they're about, I think that's the big one right there. Yep. Most of the time, they don't even have a damn trailer. They just play you a scene from the movie. Yep. The marketing is terrible. So I think Disney can learn from that. And the other problem with Netflix is their quantity over quality. They greenlight so many shows and movies for the sake mm-hmm. of delivering new content to their subscribers. And I believe a lot of the time, the quality of those shows and movies suffer because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, this year alone, 2021, they said they're releasing 72 original movies. It's not in the TV shows included. Movies. That's How can they even be filming all of those? <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing, too. They buy up uh, these licensing rights to independent films that can't maybe get studio backing. Mm-hmm. Or they buy the rights to things like Dark Crystal. And so they can license that, license that on their on their channel which is funny because that dark crystal is actually owned by disney i don't understand how netflix got the rights to that which is very beyond me but um anyway so i think disney can learn from that as far as uh one marketing their product which they do very well wandavision every day of an episode every friday when a show releases the a couple hours later they release a promo for the next week's episode and i don't know about you guys but in in los angeles I mean, there's tons of billboards, advertisements all over the place. It's kind of disgusting, but I, I see at least half of them are Disney Plus related. So mm. I think they do a good job at getting the attention of the audiences. Mm. Now, as far as the branding comment, I think one area where Star Wars may suffer is Disney is a family brand. They have, they always have been. They always will be. Now, yeah, they're introducing things like R-rated Deadpool, and they've done R-rated films in the past. It's not a matter of uh, just, you know, not making uh, a little bit more mature-rated content. But it's, it's about Star Wars coming into that branding because with something as big as Star Wars, I'm telling you, they're not going to venture off into something that's a little bit more adult centered or mature even though they're they going to. to try and keep it like those marvel films where Damn. the family can sit down and watch it there's some there's some adult stuff in there but it's not it's not too in, intimidating to a, a family or something like that yeah yeah i i don't believe star wars needs to have an r-rated uh movie for the in- intention of being r-rated but i think it's going to limit some creative ideas knowing that hey i can't have a decapitation scene or i'm just spitballing <laughs> like if if the decapitation was really important to like some plot element or yeah i don't know yeah. but it's it's gonna hold back some some conceptual ideas of what could star wars be yeah. instead they're in this little bubble and they have to spit and so that's another important thing I, I think we could see forward as well. Yeah, and I definitely agree on that point. Like, if you look at uh, what I think automatic is Boba Fett taking out all of those stormtroopers, the filming that they did, you see the stormtroopers' armor explode. Like, it's all stuff that you wouldn't have seen before. You'd usually just see, oh, they got hit and they fell down, or a laser hit them and they fell down. And kind of, you, you see them testing the waters a little bit of like, okay, how intense can we make this fight scene? Like, are we allowed to do this? Can we show blood? Can we show the cuts? Like, can we show this stuff? And I can definitely see that they're trying to test those waters. And I'm curious about the new shows. 
like, are some of them going to be a little bit darker? Are they going to have the, where the hero doesn't necessarily win all the time? Is it going to be, I don't know. I, I like that. I'd almost like to see just a full Sith one where it's from the Sith point of view. And I think that would be fantastic. But again, that would probably be a lot darker. Like if we saw something on like Malachor and that whole battle that's on Malachor that we see that, that whatever temple that's there, that is a weapon, like that would be intense. And that it would be really cool to see a dark version of that. And it might be scary for kids. Right. But if Disney took that leap, it, it would be interesting. And then that opens them up to a whole new realm. So I don't know. I don't know what we'd see. It's it's definitely that's an interesting point that you brought up. I think kids are going to see that kind of stuff, whether um, you know you call it rated R or not, you know, or whether it's through Star Wars or not. So I think you're right. Disney does kind of limit themselves when they don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking when you said decapitation, my mind went to Count Dooku, right? So he was decapitated, and that served a purpose. So when it serves a purpose. I think it's fine, right? The, there wasn't a lot of attention called to the actual decapitation because, you know, it was like, okay, it's done. Now let's let's move on to what this actually means for Star Wars. Um, so in that regard, I don't think Disney needs to have a rated R movie or a rated R series that's like, hey, if you want to watch all these decapitations and all this blood and gore <laughs> and, and sex and whatever else. You can go watch HBO. Watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it doesn't need to be that much, but it, it limits right so it, it needs to have maybe like a transition you know hey this episode's rated r you know there's something coming you know if you don't want your kids to watch this tell them not to watch it you know and then the next season or next series or something is by the way this is a little bit more than what you're used to you know obviously give a disclaimer there but yeah that would be interesting that, yeah like how they would do that because you know like the call of duty game the airport episode our airport level where you just take out all the civilians yeah. where they had to have like that warning. <laughs> do you want to play this or do you want to skip it? Yeah. Like, uh, of course, half the people are like, yeah, sure. I'm going to skip it. I just play it. Yeah. Um, Kids are going to play it when play your mom's not there. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. One thing, um, I guess. Oh, I think we lost you. you that... Are we good? Are we back? We're yeah, back. yeah. Back. We hear you. Are you guys back? Yeah. Are you good? Okay, cool. Um, one of the things you could argue is uh, George Lucas always said that Star Wars was intended for children. Yeah, and sure. whether he was saying that as a as a as an excuse for some of the <laughs> mistakes he made. Since the late seventies, the Star Wars was made for children. So um, it's important to stick to that branding of it but um a little bit deeper into it as far as like star wars is on disney plus now it's always going to be on disney plus you'll never see it on another platform mm. disney does own hulu and they own something called hot star and other streamers which where they put their more mature content on there so even if star wars wanted to embrace a little bit of the darker stuff and go r-rated because it served the story necessarily they couldn't put it on Hulu. They would have to stick it to Disney Plus because that confuses brand confusion for yeah. the people that buy these. So it is limited, and um, I, I don't think it's going to hurt it as much as maybe we're exaggerating, but I do yeah, think yeah. it is important. And, yeah. you know, Star Wars is always going to be around. 
uh, I'm I'm still excited about everything that's coming. I hope I hope that it's done well because there is a lot of coming. It's a little overwhelming if you if you think about all these shows that are coming, especially if you're a casual fan. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I want to talk about with this topic is what the impact on the casual fan is going to be. So we have to kind of step outside of our our bubble here of Star Wars podcasting and, and love of that of, of it. What how does this affect the casual fan? I mean, this is one thing you guys brought up a couple times, actually, is, you know, we know every single date and time that an episode of Mando is coming out mm-hmm. and we know people that are in it and all this kind of stuff. And how does this affect the the casual fan, uh, viewer of uh, things on Disney Plus like that or that are really the majority of the viewership for the, that's for these shows and i had an example it'll come to me later but uh, let me hear your guys thoughts on it yeah i think it i don't know it's it's difficult to say too because i want to sit there and say the casual fans gonna be inundated and be like oh, i don't like this it's too much but then at the same time they might enjoy the they don't have to watch all of one show or they can watch one season and then binge another one and pick and pick and choose like it's it's tough to say because I can only see through my own sphere and my own eyes and my own little bubble I'm in, you know, like for me, I'm like, I'm going to of course watch every single bit of every single everything and overanalyze it to the extreme. Uh, but the casual fan is, might just be sitting there like, well, I just want three more movies. <laughs> like that's all I care about. I just want to go to the movie theater three times and be done. And so I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how it. Yeah. Affects. On that note, tough quick, to before I get to you, uh, it reminded me of what I was going to say. Um, for the casual fan, you know, when the anthology movies were coming out, they thought those were the direct sequels to force awakens, or they thought solo Mm -hmm. was a direct sequel to last Jedi. So -hmm. that's where the confusion comes into play. And, you know, Mandalorian season three is going to be delayed due to COVID. They haven't really announced that. And how do, how do the casual viewers separate that from the book of Boba Fett? And they'll think that's season three Mm -hmm. and then kind of forget about Mandalorian. So in a way it also impacts the viewership ratings of the show as well. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys, but I just wanted to throw that out before I forgot again. No, I mean, that's fine. Cause it's that same idea impacts the movies, right? If I have 10 shows, well, maybe I don't need to go see the movie cause I'm still trying to catch up on my shows. I don't want to watch that without, or if I didn't see something in the show, now I have to go watch the show to understand the next movie. Cause the next movie might have pulling all this new stuff. Cause they were trying to keep the story intact. Right. And they've thrown in all this new information in these new shows. And then they're like, well, we've got to throw some of this into the movie somehow to explain stuff happening in the show or explain, connect these pieces. And it's like, well, how, what are they going to do there? Or are these new movies going to be just completely out of left field, something different? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to the confusion piece I was talking about. I think we're going to see, you know, a 50, 50 or a 40, 60 split of here's the casual fans, right? 40% says, I don't get this. I'm confused. Uh, someone needs to help me, right? Or I'm done watching. And 60% or, or 40 for the for that matter will go the opposite way of like, oh, this is really cool. What mm-hmm. else can I watch? And, mm-hmm. and, and start binging. Um, what it makes me think of is I'm not in love with Marvel stuff. And I'm sorry to say that for everybody else who is because I know everybody is basically. Everybody who watches Star Wars is in love with Marvel. Um, so for me, I get that confusion. And I kind of stopped watching Marvel stuff. You know, I saw maybe the first, uh, and I say first, it's not really the first ones made, but I, I saw probably six or seven Marvel movies, you know, 
growing up, teenage years, whatever. And then I stopped because I was like, oh, well, I'm not super interested in this. I, I missed one. And then all of a sudden another one came out and I was like, well, now I'm two behind. And then now I'm, I don't know, I'm five or six behind. So I'm like, okay, I, I kind of stopped here. You know, he made me watch a couple. So I'm like, I'm catching back up, but without the influence of someone else, I'm lost. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming. And I, I know you don't watch it, but maybe you do, Nate, the WandaVision. Are you watching that? Uh, no, so I haven't started watching it. I actually do want to watch it. I saw a bunch of stuff that came out. And then one comparison without having watched it, that uh, whatever the lead actress, her name is, she, she had tweeted something about their thing that was going to happen. I did hear about it, got it spoiled. Um, was going to be just as big as Luke Skywalker. I don't think... <laughs> Obviously, I get the connection. I get they're trying there. But at the same time, I'm like, it's a different aspect. Like, the, no story is going to be as touching, as powerful as Luke being there. Because you've got a story that's 40 years old that's bringing that all the way from the very beginning, first person that matters, all the way to now. Where MCU, it's like, all right, some guy that showed up five years ago, six years ago, I don't really care about him that much. I mean, there's so much other stuff that you gave me. One character is not that important. And even if they are, it's not the same impact. It's not a generational impact. It's just me, my service of the last 10 years of my life impact. You know, that also brings me back to the point of we're always comparing to the Skywalker saga, right? Even a a completely different series is saying this is going to be like Luke, right? So everybody knows Star Wars as Luke Skywalker, right? And the Skywalker saga. So I think there you go. There's an example of how the average Star Wars fan is going to be hurt by this because they're going to say, well, this isn't the Skywalker saga. What is this droid story? Who's this Andor person? You know, yep. I want Luke. I want Han. Yeah. I want Leia. I want yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I mean, back to your point, I'm, when you were mentioning in the beginning, I am probably going to watch your, uh, you said Fridays, you come out with your podcast about WandaVision. Yep. Friday at noon. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll probably watch that too. Cause I'm, I wanted to watch it on the side and, and catch up to it. So that'd be awesome. The only way, Marvel could have a Luke Skywalker level cameo is if freaking Luke Skywalker entered the Marvel universe. I'm sorry. I didn't agree with that statement, but um, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there's something else coming. I'm not going to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, if Stan Lee comes back to life and shows up, <laughs> would he like, okay, the there you go. Go. but the thing, with, <laughs> the thing with WandaVision is when, it, when WandaVision first started, I'm not going to spoil anything. I thought this was going to be, basically a a sub level of the mcu that anyone could join in and watch it without having to see everything else once it gets to episode four and five you have to watch the other movies to know what's going on and i think that was kind of a little bit of a mistake you have to have yes you should have a, a a thread that connects them all in some way for the people who are looking for easter eggs or like as kind of a reward for watching Endgame. like oh yeah i remember that but it's not necessary to the story but WandaVision is it's necessary to watch all the other things. And with all these new TV shows that we're going to get, this is going to be predominantly the Star Wars we're going to have for the next couple of years until movies come back out. I believe Star Wars belongs in the not as a TV show. Uh, I, I still love the shows, but I think it should be predominantly movie based. And my fear is, are we going to have to watch all these shows to understand little things here and there to watch the upcoming movies? Cause that's going to hurt the movies market. And I don't want it to turn into Marvel where you have, 
you have to watch everything yeah. and it's not a reward system it's more of a you know a chore you know yeah it's punishment yeah it's loot boxes but for for tv shows <laughs> yeah it's um what is it called ea add-ons oh gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh well i mean that's all i have for this topic do you guys have any last minute thoughts on that no, I think that was good. I think honestly, this was a fantastic podcast. I'm very excited that you brought us on. Your production level is leaps and bounds beyond. Yeah, we have what so we many have. questions have, for you. Yeah, <laughs> so much to learn, and especially being new, I appreciate all of your fans and your audience for listening to yeah. us. I mean, we're just two random guys, but do appreciate it. And if you are interested, always look looks up First Galactic Podcast. Um, we talk to Han all the time. Han talks first. We are always sending DMs back and forth behind the scenes, trying to figure out what we can do to help mm-hmm. and just be part of the community. We're going to try to help uh, plug the crap out of this podcast, of course. Oh, so yeah. thank you for having us and we appreciate all the difficult and easy questions. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you guys came on. Where can people find your social media and uh, your podcast, etc.? Go ahead and plug. Yeah. So we are the first Galactic podcast on podcast. Instagram, on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple music, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can find us uh twitter first galactic pod uh tiktok first galactic podcast i mean we're anything that you can think of we're we're (laughs) there yeah and then we've got a website coming soon where we'll have it all in one place in one little home a website i don't even have a website yeah well cool uh, you guys are great i love your show i love that you came on uh to talk star wars with anybody and everybody but you guys are great for all of you that are listening out there please go and give these guys a follow um do you have you don't have a youtube do you yeah yeah we do we just we started do. We're, we're starting we're in baby stages of production uh it's a lot of work it's a lot of work yeah. to have so many platforms so yeah. uh we're figuring yeah. it out yeah so after all we've really done we did our lego review and then we have one of our readings up but yeah like a review kind of popped off because we made it into a giveaway so for those of you that are listening to this, you just missed a giveaway. So uh, stay tuned for the next one, probably in a month or so. Uh, yeah, everyone go check them out. Check out the podcast. Show them your support. And make sure you tell them who sent you because yes. uh, we're all in this together. We're going to build a community. And we will definitely have you guys back on sometime in the future. If you ever want me to stop by on your show, please let me know. I'd be happy to. Yeah, that would be awesome. We just need to uh, figure out this production you've got going. This is fantastic. Uh, Everything that comes across the screen, I look at it, I'm like, whoa. He's he's sitting here like, how do you do that? How do you do that? (laughs) Cool. Uh, Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to come on to Han Talks first and hear about the latest and greatest in Star Wars. Again, episodes every Monday and Wednesday, live stream every Monday at noon. And on Friday, we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and join us this Friday at 12 p.m. talking about WandaVision. And up here at the top right, you'll see a little logo for it. That's our our, me and my girlfriend's logo for WandaVision. Come check that out. Uh, We're episode seven of wandavision uh spoiler review so you know watch it before you watch the show and finally uh this wednesday we're coming out with the new making of the return of the jedi episode it'll be on the podcast this wednesday tomorrow on the youtube channel is the making of the empire strikes back part one it's a fascinating story about how the script was written and how different it actually was a long time ago back when it was first started 
But again, we were joined today by the First Galactic Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. And uh, always a pleasure. Again, go check them out. And I'll leave the links in the description below so you can see where to find them. And that is it for today. It was a great episode. And now somehow, some way, somewhere, my friends, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.